And we're in a message series titled A Matter of Life and Death, and we have some, uh, well, we got some gift cards to give away today and next Sunday. It's only got two days, only two Sundays, this Sunday and next Sunday. I know some people like free coffee, and some people don't. It's okay. And uh, if uh, even if even if you say, hey, you know what, I want to I want to remember I want to recite the verse, but it's not even about the coffee. I'll give it away. Then give it away to somebody. So uh, with that being said, we have two verses. Um, don't put them up on the screen. I know you're, you're pro back there, but just in case um, we have two verses. Is there anyone who's ready today to recite them? We got come on up. Come on up. Ernesto, could we use that mic? Yeah. Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing today? So the verses of this week are, the first one is 1 John 5 through 12 says, whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have the son of God does not have life. There it is. One more. Number two is Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and take, no, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and the name of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Yes. Congratulations. Mm. You did it. You did it. Come on, somebody. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. And you know what? We also put this challenge out to our kids and our students, and if they'd like to do it as well, I'm going to ask, though, just for time's sake, if there are kids who want to either recite it this or this Sunday or next Sunday, that they would share it with one of our kids' teachers, and then they'll come, and I'll still give them a card. Or if they're in middle school or high school and they want to come do it, they can come say it to Pastor Becca, and we'll still get them the gift card, just for the sake of just uh, time here. Uh, but is there somebody else that, that would like to do it? I saw a hand, a hand, a couple of hands. Okay, let's let's get a. I, I got cards to give away, so yeah, you come. Was there somebody? There was somebody over here that I missed. Young lady, was that you? No. Nah. Was there another person though in this area? Oh, okay. All right. So we got a few. Great. Because I got cards to give away. No, you're going. Go. Go ahead. Go ahead. First John's five twelve is whoever has a son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. Good job. All right. Uh, Matthew 28, 18, 20 is, Jesus came to them and said, All authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples out of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always and to the very end of the ages. Perfect. Wonderful. There you are. There you are. Congratulations. 
All right, Miss uh, Dominic over here, right? No, not today. And I just forgot. I'm so sorry, Paloma. That that would count as a teenager, and I would send over here, but I just got caught up in the moment. I, I was like, yes, someone, someone's memorize it. <laughs> come, and then I we had one more in this area too, right? Okay. Oh, right here. Yes, yes. And so uh, he'll go, and then you then you'll be on. Okay. First John 5.12, whoever has the Son has life, whoever, whoever does not have the Son does not have life. Then Matthew 28, 18-20, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority, has been, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you and I am with you surely I am with you always to the very end of age yes congratulations there First John 5:12 Whoever has the son has life and whoever does not have the son of God does not have life. Matthew 28 verses 18 through 20 And Jesus came to them and said All authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me. Um, therefore go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And congratulations. There you go. Absolutely. Is there maybe one more? One more. And then next Sunday, uh, it's on and it will, I'll, I'll reload. She said, she said, next Sunday. <laughs> That's what I say when I left her again. Come on. <laughs> All right. First John five twelve. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. Uh, Matthew twenty eight eighteen through twenty. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore. You got it, you got it. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always until the very end of age. Amen. Congrats. There you go. All right. Well, uh, we'll save some for uh, next week. All right. All right. Well, let's put them up here on the screen and let's uh, let's read them together on the count of three, and you'll have one more chance uh, next week. So here's the first one in First John. Count of three. Ready? One, two, and three. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. 
All right, here's the second one, second one. Ready? Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Here we go. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. All right. Right. Well, congrats to our winners, and we're going to have one more chance next week. Um, with that being said, let's take a moment to pray, and let's, uh, let's jump into our, our, our sermon this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to be in your house, to be in your presence, God. Father, you are so, so good. This morning in worship, Father, we felt a touch from you. We felt your presence, God. We, 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 we were placed in a position, God, to encounter you and feel your hope, God, and know that you have us. We are in the palm of your hand, God. You will walk us through. You will see us through. You are strengthening us. You are encouraging us, God. You're ministering to our heart. And in that same way, we offer you the best of our worship. And now, God, as we get into your word, I pray that you would bring it alive and speak to our hearts and let us have holy moments. Let us have moments, God, where we know without a shadow of doubt that, you you know what, I needed to hear that. That put it all together for me. Thank you, Father, for your presence. Thank you for your word this morning. In the name of Jesus, we all pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Compassion is a strong emotion. It's something that'll that'll move us, right? We see a movie, and all of a sudden, our hearts move, right? It, it, It causes us to tear up. Or we're on social media, and we see a reel, and it touches our hearts. Or we see a child in need. And you say, man, I wish I can help that child. I wish I can do something about that. Or we'll we'll see an elderly person. And we think, man, is somebody going to help that person? Is there somebody? And it touches our heart. Why do you think it's important that God has given us this feeling of compassion? Why do you think... You see, I've always found beauty in serving those who can never repay you, whether that's in our local backyard or, or serving people in other countries. There's something special about serving people who can never repay you. There have been times when I've been in the streets where the Holy Spirit has just impressed on my heart. Listen, you need to do something right now in this moment. You need to take some type of action in this moment. You need to, you need to do something for this person right now in this moment. And there have been other times where it hasn't necessarily been that the Holy Spirit says, go and do this. However, I've I've had compassion that's overwhelmed me to move me to do something. And I want to say this, God is in both. God is in the Holy Spirit telling you, act. And God is in the feeling of compassion that he's given us to do something, to serve someone. He's in both, but there's still a difference between the two. God is asking you to do one thing, and God is leaving you a choice. Does that make sense? God will say, daughter, son, this is what I want you to do. And you're like, oh, man, I'm struggling to do this. Should I do this? And you'll do it. The other one is God will give you this overwhelming feeling of compassion, and he says, you have the choice. Do it if you want to do it. You could do it this way, you could do it that way, and it's up to you whether it'll take place or not, whether he'll use you or not. 
I remember one particular uh, homeless outreach. I was a young adult leader, and I had a good group of young adults. And the church that I attended, we were, you know, getting together with a bunch of uh, uh, people, and we had we had collected uh, sweaters, blankets, and jackets. That's what it was: sweaters, blankets, and jackets. And I remember that particular moment. We went out into the streets, and we found this particular location. We had two pickups um, back to back, and we had everything organized. We had our sweaters here, our jackets here, our blankets over here. We had men and women here. We had different sizes all set up, and we had run around to the people, and we said, "Hey, you know what? We're going to be here at this particular location at this time." And we 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 spread the word around. And so as soon as we parked, we got set up, we got ready. Next thing you know, all the people are coming in. So they're there and they're, they're, they're like, hey, you, you know, do you have this size? And so we're like, oh, you know what? I got that size. Oh, you know what? You don't have a good, you don't have a good sweater. Here's a sweater. Oh, you know what? You have a good sweater, but you don't have a good jacket. So here's the jacket. You know what? Your blanket's not that good. So here's, here's the blanket, you know, and oh, you know what? I happen to bring a pair of shoes or some socks and here you go. And we're serving the people. And after a little bit of time, we're out of blankets, sweaters, and jackets, all sizes, everything. We're just, we're just out of it. And so we're getting ready to, to close up. And we had prayed for people and ministered to them. And we had taken all of that moment. And so we're about done. And this guy comes up to us. And he's, he, he's like, hey, you know, I'm, he's like, he's coming to the back of the pickup to see if there's anything there. And it's, everything's gone. And we're like, oh, man, I'm sorry. You know, and all we could tell him is like, hey, you know what? We're going to try to come back. And he's like, I'm sorry. I, you know, it's just I got caught up over there. And I just... I wasn't able to make it. I, I just, I, I just, I, I thought I was going to get here on time, and it didn't work out. And so, in that, in in that moment, uh, I, I, I told him, "Listen, we're going to try to come back." And then the Holy Spirit said, "Give him a sweater." And I'm like, "I don't got any sweaters." He's like, "Yeah, you're wearing one." And I was like, Lord, this is kind of my, like my semi-newish sweater. Like, I, I'm still getting used to this thing. It matches with a few different things, Lord. And I got into my car. I turned on the engine, turned on the heater, warmed up my hands. And I, was, I had to turn off the engine. I turned off the engine. I took off my sweater, and I went and found the guy, and I went and gave it to him. God will allow us to see certain things. God will move our heart in certain directions because there's, he wants us to see his people. He wants us to see beyond just our tribe. Because a lot of times that's all we think of is our tribe, us. Us for and no more, right? We see the people, our group, the people we roll with, and, and, and that's all we'll, we'll see. But Jesus says in Luke eleven twenty eight, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. To hear what God asks and obey it. And the biggest question as we enter into this season is what is God asking of us? Now, there are certainly things that God is speaking to you as individuals, as individuals, individuals. But I can tell you what he's saying to us as a church. And it's a matter of life and death. Compassion is a wonderful thing, and God uses it to speak to us. And there is an important message that he's trying to tell us in this season. And it's an area that he wants you to grow in that has everything to do with compassion. And so this morning, we're going to open our Bibles, and we're going to look into Luke chapter 15. 
In Luke chapter 15, we see the backdrop of what's happening, and then Jesus goes on to give three parables in Luke 15. This morning, we're going to read two of the parables. I'm going to explain the third one in a moment, but we're going to look here at these first two parables. Now, anytime that Jesus says something repeatedly, anytime Jesus says anything, it's important, but when he repeats himself, come on, somebody. This morning, we're going to learn God's heart and also learn what he wants us to have compassion for. And so, like I said, we're going to read the first two parables. It's Luke 15. We're going to read verses 1 through 10. And this is what it says in verse 1. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. Right? Jesus is spending some time with the folks in the community. Okay? Then verse 2, it says this. But the Pharisees and teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them? Right? They're having a problem with who Jesus is spending time with. They're having a problem with who Jesus is investing his time into. This is the backdrop. Now, I want you to see what happens next in the next two parables. Jesus, he begins to tell them this story. Verse 3. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep? Until he finds it. And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and his neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Verse 8, second parable. Or... Suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and her neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. You see, Jesus is gathered with the sinners. The Pharisees aren't happy with what Jesus is doing. Now, the thing about Jesus is that Jesus doesn't just hang to hang. He doesn't just, just go to just to kick it, just to, just, I'm, I'm going to go and just, just hang out. He always brings light everywhere he goes. And so he tells these three parables, and the first two parables are, are really for the church to understand, in this particular case for the Pharisees who are watching, and the third parable is for those who don't know Christ. All three of them teach us something, and what he's teaching us this morning and in this season of our church is that it's a matter of life and death. Here's what I want everyone to understand. Here's your blinks. God desires that we would have compassion on the lost. What I'm trying to tell you this morning is God's heart and his heart for our hearts. God desires that you and I would care. You and I would have compassion on those who do not know Christ beyond just our tribe. Do you know that we always have compassion on the hurting? Right? We're good at that. We're really good at having compassion on the hurting. There's, there's a need. The church shows up. 
right? There's a need. It doesn't matter. It was, it was in the pandemic. It was something going on with the elementary school, something going on with churches. We helped churches during tough times, right? We helped pastors. We, we, we helped families. We helped homes. We, we helped people in the streets. We helped people in missions. We, I mean, when there's a hurt, our church, we show up. We, we show up. We always show up. We always have compassion for the hurting. We're good at that. But what about compassion for the lost? Do our hearts move for the lost? Why the lost? I want you to see a few passages here. The first one is in Revelation chapter 21, verse 8. It says this, But cowards, unbelievers, someone say unbelievers, the corrupt, murderers, the immoral, those who practice witchcraft, idol worshipers, and all liars, their fate is in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. See, there's a first death, and then there's a second death. This is the fate of unbelievers, unbelieving, unbelieving in Jesus Christ, unbelieving that the Father sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross, to pay for our sins, and to welcome them into their heart. This is their fate. Second, Second Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 8 through 9 says this, And He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His might. Let there be no mistake, church. The Bible says there are consequences from those who do not receive Jesus. From those who say, I don't want to have nothing to do with you, God. I don't want to have nothing to do with church. I don't want to have nothing to do with, with Jesus. There are, there are consequences. The, the, the Bible speaks to these areas. Say, like, no, no, I, no. The, 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 there are consequences to these things. And there's a huge difference of knowing that there's God and knowing God. Matthew chapter 13, verses 49 through 50 says this. This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous. Now, how are we righteous? Because we're certainly not righteous on our own. We're righteous when we accept Jesus into our life. We, we, we accept his, his work that he's done on the cross. We confess with our mouth and our heart, that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's how we're righteous. Uh, uh, apart from Jesus, we're, 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 we're wicked. Separate the wicked from the righteous, verse 50, and throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I want to say this. Hell's not a pretty place. It's not an enjoyable place. At times in media, I hear people joke all the time, and they'll say, well, you know what? I'll see you in hell. Right? They'll say something like that or some, you know, so, something to that effect. You know, hell isn't a, bad, isn't, isn't a place where all the bad people to go hang out. Oh, yeah, it's going to be crazy. We're going to get to do everything we want. It's crazy. Hell isn't a place where all the bad people hang out. It's not. It's, it, 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 that, that's not it. it, 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 it it's, hell is torments. Hell is punishment. It's pain. It's weeping. It's, it's gnashing of teeth. Media could try to make it be all that they want to think that it is. But the Word of God tells us what it is. In Revelation chapter 20 and verse 15, it says this, And if anyone's name 
was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. See, to have your name written in the book of life means eternal life. To have your name removed from the book of life means eternal death, eternal separation from God. You see, church, there is no mistake in the reality of those that are headed straight to hell. And we've talked about it, right? They got their bags packed, luggage is all set, they're on their way to a trip, and they're not going to like the surprise when they get there. And as a church, as a, as a, as a church, what do we do this knowledge of things to come when their reality is hell? What do we do with this knowledge? With all these people who don't know Christ and, and they're going down this road, they're heading towards destruction, and we know what can save them. What do we do with this knowledge? It begins with Jesus' parable. In verse 4 of the first parable, Jesus says, Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. What does it say? Doesn't he? Jesus says, doesn't he? Isn't his heart moved to, some, to do something? Think about it for a moment. Doesn't he? I mean, if he's lost just one, doesn't he? Isn't his heart moved to do something about that lost one? Isn't it moved? I want you to see what God is speaking to us in this season. Isn't our heart moved? Doesn't, didn't he send his son for all of us? The ones that are outside right now who are who are semi-waking up hungover right now. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? See, why do you chase after something you lost? Why? Because it means something to you. And what I'm telling you this morning is it means something to him. Because there's a whole lot of people out there, and maybe they don't mean a whole lot to us, but they mean something to God. And he wants it to mean something to us. Here's your blank. The Father wants them to mean something to you. In verse 8 of the second parable, Jesus says, Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she? Doesn't she? Doesn't she? Light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? Have you ever lost something valuable to you? I'm sure every single one of us have lost something. Have you ever turned your house upside down trying to find it? Come on, somebody. You checked every crevice, every core, you know, every drawer, every corner, the closets. Right? You searched, you, you, you know, you searched your pockets, your coats, your pants, 
checked underneath your shoes. Oh, man, maybe somehow it fell in there. You, you search the front of your car, the back of your car, everywhere. Along the way, you couldn't stop thinking about it. You just could not stop thinking about it. In some ways, it made your stomach sick because you couldn't find it. I'm simply wanting you to take a, a look. I'm simply wanting you to understand God's heart. And I'm wanting you to understand God's desire, His heart, that we would begin to desire what matters to Him. It matters to Him. God's speaking to your heart today. Will you open your heart? Will you make room in your heart for the lost? Will you allow your heart to care about the lost the way that God does? Again, I mentioned it, but the Father sent His Son not just for us, but He sent His Son for humanity. Remember the story of the homeless guy I, cho I told you about? They chased after him, give him the sweater. You see, before I got to him, I took my sweater off. I didn't take the sweater off in front of him. I took off the sweater in my private moment in the car where the car was idling. I turned off the car and I said, okay, God. I took off my sweater in the car because I wanted to be obedient to him and I wanted him to know that I have compassion on who he desires to have compassion for. So by the time I got to the man, what I did is I simply handed the man the sweater. The man didn't think of me as having compassion on him. The man thought I found another sweater and handed it to him. The man thanked me for the sweater. The man looked to God and thanked him for having compassion on him. You see, what people need to know is that God loves them. That God sees them in their mess and in their situation and in their struggle and in their addiction and in their shortcomings and in their demons and all of the mess. They need to know that our Heavenly Father, He sees them and His arms are open wide. They're open wide. Because here's what a lot of people think. A lot of people think God's like this. And the truth is, He's like this. While there is still breath in our lungs, there's an opportunity. God's plan? Us. Us. Here's my challenge for you. I'm going to pray. Ask God to give you a greater heart of compassion for the lost. Maybe, for being real honest this morning, the truth is you haven't really had a heart of compassion for the lost. That hasn't been you. But today, I, I hope that your prayer would be, and I hope that you would accept this challenge. And part of that would be repenting and say, God, the truth is, Lord, I'm, I'm sorry, I haven't, I haven't really had a heart for those who don't know you, I mean, I may have thought about my unsaved loved ones, but I haven't really thought beyond that. God, forgive me. Would you begin, God, to give me a heart for the lost? And some of you that, have, that you've been at that place where I, you have had a heart for the lost, 
my challenge for you is this, is that you'd come to a place, you say, God, would you give me a greater heart for the lost? I understand it matters to you. God, help it to matter for me. Help me to grow in that area. May it stir my heart, God. May my heart burn, God, God. God, help me, show me, give me wisdom, give me ideas, give me creativity. God, show me. See, what God is wanting to do is to mature our church. But if you cannot understand his heart, the maturity doesn't happen. So take this challenge. Ask God to give you a greater heart of compassion for those who don't know him.